Welcome to Swimming Upstream, where we talk about Catholicism, technology, culture and politics, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Hello and welcome. Well, I have a confession to make as I get started here. Uh, I had no plans to have another episode this soon about the crisis going on in the Catholic Church. In fact, I had a nice little episode all planned out about money and about inflation and how Washington is stealing our money. And then, of course, the bombshell hit this past weekend. And I'm talking about, of course, the letter from the former uh, Apostolic Nuncio to the United States. And that's essentially, it's an ambassador from the Vatican to the United States. Not exactly, but it's basically what that is. And a former one, his name, uh, last name is Vagano, Archbishop uh, Vagano, and he wrote a letter that was released on Saturday night, August 25th, and in it he basically alleges that, uh, he alleges a number of things, but the, probably the biggest bombshell from it is that Pope Francis knew about the allegations against Cardinal McCarrick, and in spite of them, he elevated McCarrick to his inner circle and made him very influential in decision-making in the Catholic Church. And in fact, not only that, but that he claims that Pope Benedict XVI also knew about McCarrick and he actually imposed sanctions on McCarrick to, to basically live a quiet life in seclusion, in prayer and penance, and that McCarrick just obviously flaunted those sanctions and went about anyway. And he also pointed the finger at a number of other people. He says that uh, Cardinal Whirl of Washington, D.C. definitely knew about the uh, allegations against McCarrick and that yet he did nothing. He says that he, he names a number of other uh, officials, uh, former Secretary of State of the Vatican, uh, Bertoni, uh, others as well. He also then starts to get into, um, and I think this is the weaker part of his uh, report, his testimony, he starts getting to uh, kind of attacking various other uh, cardinals and archbishops who were appointed by McCarrick's influence. He doesn't really offer any proof for that, uh, such as Kupich and Tobin. And yes, I'm not no fans of them, but I don't really see in the uh, test. I don't really see proof that uh, the wrongdoing there. But really, the biggest statement here is that uh, Pope Francis himself knew about the uh, goings-on of Cardinal McCarrick, that he was sleeping with seminarians and doing other things. Maybe he didn't know about the, the, the abuse of minors, but he definitely knew McCarrick was not living a Christian life, not living a life um, fitting for a, a prince of the church. And yet not only did he remove uh, Benedict's sanctions, but he also made him part of his inner circle, made him influential in the more influential in the church. And, you know, part of us, you know, as Catholics, we don't really want to believe this. We really don't want to think that our uh, Holy Father would do such a thing. But the fact remains there's a lot of evidence that this isn't that surprising. For example, there's a um, cardinal in uh, Europe, Daniels, who was very, who has credible allegations against him that he covered for sexual abusers. I mean, it's basically proven he has. And yet when... Pope Francis became Pope, he was rehabilitated as well. Now, it's impossible, literally impossible, to overestimate the impact of this letter. Because for the first time, we have a high-ranking Vatican official who's willing to name names. Before now, there's been rumors, there's been you know, talk here, there's been reports on the internet. 
but nothing verifiable, nobody willing to go on the record. And here we have not only just some functionary at some low level in the Vatican or some diocese, we have the former, papal, uh, former apostolic nuncio in DC. And so this is a major revelation and it has a great impact. Now the response has been interesting to say the least. Uh, the first is a number of people have dismissed the letter. I, I think um, uh, Pope Francis basically did that. Uh, yesterday on the 26th, the day after the, uh, the report came out, he basically said on a plane coming back from the World Meeting of Families that he's he just not going to speak about it. I'm going to be silent about it. He said, you, you can read it and it, it speaks for itself. And of course, I would agree with him in a lot of ways. It does speak for itself, but probably not in the way he thinks. And then a number of people who are supportive of the work of Pope Francis have been um, attacking Vingano, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name, Vingano. They've been attacking him as somebody, excuse me, somebody who just hates Francis, somebody who is political, somebody who's a um, homophobe, things like that. And I would agree in one sense that I don't think Vingano did himself any favors when in the letter he he just add, he adds a number of uh, unnecessary comments, uh, a number of unnecessary commentary, I should say. He should have just stuck to the facts. And so they, but at the same time, others have realized this raises legitimate questions. Bishop Strickland, I believe his name is, of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, he wrote a statement the next day basically saying uh, he thinks the allegations are credible and that there should be some type of investigation that starts with these allegations. Another uh, bishop of, oh, I can't remember now, another bishop in America, though, has also said this should be a starting point for investigations, this letter. Now, of course, those who were named in the, in the uh, uh, testimonies, such as Kupich, Garnel Kupich, Garnel Tobin, they're just kind of, they're, they're dismissing it. But if you note carefully, they don't really deny the substance of the allegations, just like Pope Francis didn't. And I think that's very curious, especially the fact that Pope Francis didn't, didn't deny it. If you were accused of covering up for a sexual abuser, I think you would just say, no, that's not true. I, I categorically deny it. He didn't do that. And the same with Kupich and Tobin and in Cardinal World just today, the 26th, 27th of August, uh, Cardinal World came out with a statement that is very, I mean, his lawyers must be getting paid a lot right now because it basically is lawyeries, again, that has these weird denials in it that don't really state, uh, you know, just doesn't categorically deny anything. He just kind of says like, technical things like uh, Vingano never told me about McCarrick, allegations against McCarrick. Now, Vingano never said he did. He said he just knew world knew for various reasons. And so, you know, just we had this situation now where the Holy Father, the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church, has been alleged with some serious, uh, if you wouldn't, don't want to call them crimes, serious mismanagement of the church, I guess is probably the, the, the lightest way to put it. And so some have already called on him to resign. Some have thought that because of it, he should resign, because after all, the church supposedly has been in a zero I'm sorry, a zero tolerance phase in which any uh, person, any priest or bishop who knows about sexual abuse in the, by another by another priest or bishop and does nothing about it and covers it up even, that he should be he should step down, he should be removed from office. And so that's why so many people, including myself, are calling for the resignation of uh, Cardinal Whirl and others who, who obviously knew about what was going on and did nothing. But does this apply to the Pope? That's the real question. Should the Pope resign? 
And if the Pope refuses, if he should resign and he refuses to, can he be deposed? Because after all, Cardinal Wuerl, he, he technically submitted his resignation two years ago when he turned 75, as he's required to do under canon law. The Pope could, at any moment, could just accept his resignation he's gone. The Pope could say to any bishop on earth, hey, you're not bishop anymore, you have to step down. And it, and it uh, applies, and the bishop would have to step down. But who can say that to the Pope? Now, first of all, I would like to say that if the allegations in the Migano letter are true, and I believe they are very credible, I believe, he should, I believe he should resign for the good of the church. I mean, I think there's just no question. His moral authority is basically almost zero right now. And it's just, you know, if these allegations are proven, then they're going to be, it's going to be gone completely. And without moral authority, yes, the Pope still has authority in the church juridically, but without moral authority, the world will not listen to him. And many Catholics won't listen to him when he talks about anything. If he doesn't define something authoritatively when he talks about climate change or don't use air conditioners or uh, help migrants or whatever, nobody's going to listen to him because of his lost moral authority. Now, what if he just doesn't? Let's say it's shown very credibly that he did cover up for McCarrick and did nothing about it, and in fact, promoted McCarrick in his, in, into his inner circle. Can he be deposed? Well, there's two ways that people could consider deposing somebody, deposing the Pope. The first would be for mismanagement, like in this case. Another would be in the case of heresy. The Pope is a heretic, for example. I would claim number. I would claim first of all, he can't be deposed in either case. But in the case of mismanage, it's obvious he can't be deposed. I mean, oh my goodness, we've had so many popes who've mismanaged the Church over the years, and they were not deposed. And so, no, you, you can't depose a pope because of mismanagement. But what about the question of heresy? What happens about the, fa what about the fact that what if he uh, spouts off material heresy? Then can he be deposed? Some would argue, yes. Probably the most famous is St. Robert Bellarmine, who, who argued that such could happen. He basically uh, negates his office and is no longer the pope just by the fact that he's now a material heretic. I would claim that even in that case, a pope can't be deposed because... It is very solid in Catholic teaching, and it's written clearly in canon law, that the first see, the apostolic see, the Roman see, i.e. the Pope, is judged by no one. Who could judge the Pope? Who, what body of people or person could say, you are a heretic, you are no longer the Pope? There is none. Because if there were one, it completely destroys all Catholic ecclesiology, that the Pope is the court of final appeal. If there's one thing that is agreed upon by all Catholics and Orthodox in the early church is that the, that the Pope was, the Bishop of Rome was, a court of final appeal. Now, the Orthodox have a different understanding of what that means, but the fact is, is it's always in the court of final appeal. Well, if somebody is over the Pope and therefore can depose him, the Pope is no longer court of final appeal. And also, if the Pope can be deposed by somebody above him, think about how easy it would be for a corrupt Vatican to basically get rid of any Pope they want to. I mean, they could have gotten rid of John Paul II if they could depose him. It would become a very political position. I, I know in a lot of ways it's always been a political position. But what I mean is it, it, it would become a powerless position, really, because so many times a Pope could just be deposed if people don't like what he's doing. They could just say, ah, oh, he's a heretic. You know, he declared heresy on this, and so we're going to depose him. And so, ultimately, I don't think a pope can be deposed. The only way a pope can be removed from office is to remove himself. So either he resigns of his own free will, such as Pope Benedict did, or he is removed by the Lord, i.e. he dies. I think those are the only ways it can happen. Now, there is in history been times in which a pope has been 
kind of removed from office through the influence of the cardinals and through the, through the church and the hierarchy. But in every time, the Pope himself chose to resign. Yes, maybe he had pressure put upon him. I think, honestly, I think it's obvious that Pope Benedict had pressure put upon him, and that's why he resigned. So I think that's possible. That wouldn't be deposing the Pope. That would simply be the Pope choosing to uh, stop, you know, step down from the office of the papacy because of what's going on in church, because of the pressures against him. And that's legitimate. That can't happen. So now, again, back to the question, should Pope Francis resign? I would say if these allegations are found to be true, and I think you know, they're not going to be uh, investigated in a court of law, so I don't think we can have a high standard of that. But I think all the evidence points to at least there's a lot of truth in these allegations by Vingano. And so what I would say is that the Pope should resign for the good of the church, for the good of souls. Now, do I think he will? I doubt it. In fact, it looks like he's going to stonewall and just avoid the topic. But I think, yes, the Pope, that Pope Francis, along with Cardinal World and so many others who are involved in this massive uh, cover-up and, and massive uh, corruption, frankly, at the highest levels of the church, then, yes, I, I think they all should resign. They should all sit down. And I'm praying for the Holy Spirit and the intercession of Blessed Mary that they realize this and they do do that. That Pope Francis, first of all, accepts the resignations of all these people who are, or just kicks out all these people who have been involved, and he steps down for himself. I know a lot of people say that's crazy, that's not going to happen. I don't think that's true. I think our Lord can do anything. And I think through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, that's exactly what could happen. I think it was fitting that Mignogna wrote his letter on the, he dated it on August 22nd, which is the Feast of the Queen of Heaven. And I think the fact is, is that the Queen of Heaven is involved in this, and that she is doing this Yes, I know it's painful, I know it's awful, but I think she is the one who is directing this uh, light that's being shown on the darkest regions of the institutional church. I think that's a beautiful thing. And so I, I think we all should pray the rosary every day for the church. We should all beg our Blessed Mother to protect the church and to root out the corruption that's going on at the highest levels of the church, including all the way up to the papacy, it appears. Okay, well, that's it for today. Uh, next time, I hope I won't have to talk about the corruption and the problems going on in the Catholic Church. But until then, keep swimming against the stream. <laughs>